NBA fans, welcome back to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about what else? The NBA playoffs as we start to figure a couple things out. Um, I'm pretty sure last week, last Monday, we had every game one in the hole. Pretty sure that was, yeah, it was every game one. So we kind of knew who would won game one. And there's been some surprises. There's been uh, some injuries that are starting to add up, like in a major way, moving forward. But I got to say, on the surface, I did not necessarily see three out of the four first-round Western Conference series tied at 2-2. You know, the Dallas-Utah, sure, I can see that. Um, the Memphis, Minnesota, sure, I could see that. But I didn't see the other one, obviously. And, and Booker, Booker's injury, which we don't know exactly when he's going to return, could be very costly now that that's 2-2. Two and two. And, you know, the Nuggets did finally win a game to make it 3-1. I don't really think that that's going to turn into a game seven or anything like that. But we're going to sit here and break it on down kind of recap series by series where we stand and and then you know kind of predict we've already done our predictions for the series but we're just going to kind of predict past it too we'll preview and predict it but if this is your first time listening to the NBA playoff banter podcast welcome it streams drive live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it over radio you don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it open. Download the show directly there. Listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find this here NBA podcast under the Rope and Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. We're also part of the Growing True Sports Podcast Network. Um, and one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It'll help you out watching, you know, the Games on ESPN and TNT. It's DirecTV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contract. No hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks. Without the additional fee, if you go all the way to the Premier Package, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime already included. And I think there's a good documentary. Or is it a full-on show coming out tonight on HBO Max? Anyway, side note, direct TV stream. All right, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron, and see how he's doing on this lovely April day. How you doing there, man? Um, not too bad. Today is a, a relaxing week. I'm, not, I'm done coaching for the year, so I can just worry about sports and in about a month start working on the golf game again. So life is uh life's okay, brother. Life's okay. Nice, nice. Well we're having one of those Minnesota springs that uh although here in the city we're not getting snow that stays or sleet or whatever, but it's just been really cold and rainy and then it'll sleet a little bit. Like we you know, usually April in the spring you get the seventies. It teases you. And then it'll go back and forth and back and forth. and But we're not getting the teases. You know, we literally got one 70-degree day, and then it was like, no, nope, back to 40s and 50s. And you look at the highs, and you're like, there's not even a high of 60 in there? So it's been rough. Um, you know, my mom's always normally a positive person. She keeps telling me about how the fall will be nice because, you know, when you have a late spring, that generally means 60 and 70s in October. Well, you know, I'm not worried about October. We just got done with winter. So it's been a little bit rough there. But I'll tell you what, my Timberwolves in the playoffs has helped that. Uh, but let's start. Let's not bury the lead. Let's start with the Boston. Even though it's a 3-0 series, we might as well start right there. Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets, down 3-0 are the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Boston has done, you know, of course Durant hasn't played up to his, you know, 
level that we normally have seen all these years, right? He's been a pro for a long, long time. He's been in the playoffs so many years, right? So clearly, especially two of these these back-to-back games, just in general, actually, he's had a rough series. Uh, Kyrie's been up and down this last game. Uh, they both pretty much struggled. But a lot of the attention, rightfully so, because we don't see this from Durant much, um, he's been struggling. Um, but instead of, like, only trying to downgrade now what Durant's done in this league, which a lot of people are, because that's what you do. You know, you're kind of a prisoner of the moment. He struggled. There's no doubt about that. Um, but let's not shy away from giving some credit to Boston as well, because he's not out there just open looks, getting whatever he wants. Um, you know, they've been playing really great defense and just good ball um, overall. They've been they've been grinding. They've been grinding. Some of these games have been tight. This last game, um, Marshall, it seemed like every time, right, Brooklyn would cut it to three or two or, you know what I mean, like get, get real close, like, oh, here they come. It's going to be a good game all the way down the stretch. Maybe a different person. It doesn't matter. Boston would – just make a little 7-0 run. And next thing you know, they're up by nine. And you're like, oh, well, that was quick. Holy shit, now there's a timeout. Um, I got to say, like I said, I'm not trying to say, oh, let's not talk about Durant. But let's give some you know, credit to Boston as well because we know that mid – well, maybe not midseason, but like in November, they were freaking struggling. I mean, even my uh, Timberwolves COVID team, um, had beat them. I mean, they were mentally a mess at that point. And what they've done down the stretch defensively, what they could do offensively, the whole, it's kind of like they're just coming together finally as this whole team. And I remember us talking just last week and, of course, the last few years of how Boston will just get hyped going into the playoffs. And uh, And it's like, prove it. You know, and we even had that conversation last week. But right now, it's only the first round, but they're proving it. They are playing lights out defense, defense that I don't think they've played since that, you know, one or two years uh, with KG and Perkins and and all those uh, defenders and Rondo and whatnot. What do you think here? Because, I mean, I I didn't have it a sweep. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I would not have it as the only team to get swept in the first round of playoffs to be the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets. And <laughs> doesn't that just sound funny? It's like, oh, dude. Well, and when the playoffs started, they were the second favorite in Vegas to win the title. So I mean that that really tells you all you got to know from a, a gambling perspective. And yes, um, they are doing an incredible job of basically just covering KD wherever he goes. Um, just people are draped over him, whether it's ball screens or driving to the lane or anything. They got people on him, and that they deserve a ton of credit. Um, but to flip the script for a second, I'm not taking anything away from Boston Celtics defense because for the second half of the year it has been tremendous. But even having a discussion with my coach and some of the kids in my class today, Everyone's like, well, why doesn't um, Brooklyn come up with some game plans to counter the moves? And it, it really does seem like it is either KD or Kyrie playing hero ball or occasionally Bruce Brown or Patty Mills jacking up a three. But I, I, I do think that Boston deserves credit, but there hasn't been that, that counter chess move of Brooklyn's. Like, how can we find ways to get Katie and Kyrie in better positions? And I, I think that part is missing. Or the Celtics defense is tremendous and are shutting down two of the best scores in the league. I just, I, I feel it like could be both. it, it, it could be, you're right. It could, you're right. It could be both. Because Durant didn't take a bunch of shots in this last game, really. He didn't take a bunch of threes. He was actually, he actually, he, he got like more passing. They actually, both of them passed a lot better. I guess Kyrie was 0 for 7 from 3, but 
both of them had eight and nine assists, so they were looking for other guys, you know. Yeah, and I think part of it might simply be the fact that maybe it's just not a good combination. Kyrie's been a a mess all year. Now they got reports coming out that Harden, the reason he left is Kyrie. I mean, this is Kyrie, a guy who in Cleveland didn't talk to LeBron for the whole playoffs. This is a guy in Kyrie who left Boston on some wonderful terms, you know. Well, he's going to sign a long-term deal, remember? Stay there for the rest I of the I mean, season. it's just, you know, and, and KD is a great scorer, but he's, I wouldn't, he, his personality doesn't strike you as, you know, the, the, the alpha leader. Like, that's just not how he, you know, he's not that kind of guy. So, whether you don't it's think, how, you don't think Durant's a, oh, not a, okay, let, let's just move on. No, he ain't. He, he wasn't on he, Golden he's State. He's not that, you're saying. No, his personality, he's not an alpha. I'm, I'm not but talking on the about... court, he is, though. When you say personality. So Barry Sanders wasn't because his personality wasn't. Well, a, a, like, as, a, as a team leader, Katie's not a team leader. He might be one of the best scorers in NBA history, but he's not a team leader. Like, get on my back. and But it, it, his personality doesn't. It wasn't that way in Golden State. And, and that's why he went there. But then he wanted, well, he got tired of people doing, uh, giving him shit for you know, going there to get rings. Well, then he makes a, the stupid decision to go with Kyrie and look where it's gone now. But his personality, uh, like, uh, what do, does every, you know, if, if you're an Everybody alpha, leads a different way is what sure. I'm pointing out. Uh, that, that's not, to even bring up Alpha in Durant and say no, yeah, that's he just isn't. ridiculous, man. Not, you got to be out of your mind. What are you talking about? Okay, are you so, serious? So, what, so LeBron, LeBron has, like, a bunch of burner accounts and cries like a little baby when – Everyone rips. I mean, his personality. No, we're talking about about the the court, Alpha. That's what I'm talking about. When he's on that court, he's an Alpha, and he's been that his whole career. Uh, To some extent, yeah. But well, but you can't. We're talking personality and a player too. Why? Why? If he's an Alpha, why did he have to go to Golden State? You sure weren't saying that when he went. I've I've never said the guy was an Alpha though. As as a player, sure. Okay. Let's just let, you can say your but, piece and then we'll move on. But, we'll, but I'm saying we'll him, and Kyrie's, him and Kyrie's personalities, neither of those guys have proven to carry a team by themselves in the playoffs alone for a ring. And and now you put the two together, and again, it's not working out so well. And I just, again, either Steve Nash is a horrible coach, the Celtics defense is elite, but yeah, how, how is a team who was the second favorite to win the championship about to get swept? And a lot of that blame needs to go on KD and Kyrie's shoulders. Like they've had, they've had two games in the fourth quarter where two out of three were both have literally been non-existent. And I just, if you are that talented, which they are, there's really no reason for that. Or this Celtics defense right, but the is Durant. It. Durant has a track record, dude. You can't just look at a couple games and be like, nope, he's not an alpha. Come on. Oh, well, I'm I just, I, I think his personality is just never. He's not. Built that way, but, but, for, but just talking basketball. he doesn't mean shit about Alpha when you're doing it on the court. Production is what that comes down to. Fair, but I'm just saying he 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 needs he needs a he needs some guy with him. Everybody does, dude. Did Jordan win it without Pippen? Yeah, but I'm just saying. Okay, well, moving on. Anyways, I just <laughs> pers- but personality. I just he he personality's different. Personality's different. I, that I think doesn't mean you're not an Alpha on the court. Well, that okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll, okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, fair. Um, but nonetheless, they're they're in a lot of trouble. I, I there's no oh, way yeah. in hell they come back to win the series. I I think they honestly get sent home tonight. Because um, I mean, if you would have and and maybe and, and basketball is a you know they use the quarter football or baseball. It's a game of inches. Maybe we're we're having a whole whole different conversation. If Tatum does not have the spinning 360 layup and wins game one, I mean, it, who, who knows what this series is looking like at that point. But with that being said, they're now down 3-0. Um, Boston has played a great team defense on KD and Kyrie. The fourth quarters, those guys have both struggled immensely for their standards. And now you're in a situation where no team's ever come back from 3-0. May, maybe you win tonight. Maybe something special happens, but... The fact that actually Katie's point total has gone down every game, and he, he's probably frustrated. I would be frustrated too. But part of it also is how they've constructed the team, and you literally—it's like part they're of it's forty million dollars is not getting well, used. You know what I mean? Well, so I yeah, mean that that does I, yeah. play a part. No matter and, what we think of fit, 
We won't. No one knows how it'll fit. But when you True. have forty million dollars not getting used, that does hurt the team. I mean, yeah, I didn't and that, favor them as second best team uh, going in like Vegas did. But I and, also didn't that, think they'd be down three zip. And that's a guy who got who knows what to ever expect from him. Uh, you know, I who who knows? Uh, he, besides Ben Simmons, no one else probably knows. So. To wrap up this um, discussion on the Nets, I, I I think it does finish tonight. Maybe they win one, but they're not going to go back into boss. I'd be very very surprised if uh, they happen to make this to six games. I think it's I think it's probably over tonight. And to give credit to Boston, their up and coming star Tatum, who has been progressing seems bit by bit every year, has been scoring about thirty a game this series. But in in easiness to him. Um, Brooklyn's defense hasn't been great all year. Like this is a team defensively who people were ripping for the second half of the year, rightfully so, and they've never been an elite defensive team this year. And and in fairness, Tatum's making them count for it. And Al Horford is hitting shots in the corner, like having a little like rejuvenation flashback of his younger years. And Marcus Smart Did he find I mean, the fountain of youth or something. I, because golly, I know. So. And and and, to, and again, a lot of part of coaching is these are two young coaches relatively. I know Nash was a, obviously a hell of an NBA player, but second year coach and this Boston uh, rookie coach, like he, I guess he's you got to give the guy some credit. I mean, you know, he. I'm not saying this is his whole new team and Brad Stevens hasn't done anything, but he's pulling the right strings and calling the right shots so far. So yeah, credit to Boston. Um, again, so only is Nash two, Alpha. I, I, I don't – the social media wasn't really around when he was No, but a I'm player. saying, do you look at him like an alpha on the cold court? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't – I just throw it out there. Just put it out there. Go uh, ahead. Fair Sorry. enough. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so but, uh, KD and Kyrie are going home, which makes me happy because whatever, fine. And they can deal with Ben Simmons next year. Cool. Like, I just – Okay. Um, but credit to Boston, yes, they'll probably get some they'll get some time to rest, even though I don't think they have any huge injuries as of right now. Um, probably the biggest fear for Boston, honestly, moving from this game on, just big picture, the way they're playing is probably not having to go to Toronto because the report suggests two of their five starters um, would not be able to travel due because they're not COVID shot. Like that's right now the Celtics, that'd be your biggest fear is hoping Philly takes care of business night too. So you would not have to even look at the possibility of, going to face the Raptors because right now they're going to take care of the Nets and again, credit to them. I, I would love to have seen what the Vegas odds would have been for a Celtics sweep. Probably it, it I bet I it mean, would have had to have been probably like fit 20, 25 to one. I mean, it was kind of a pick up series. So you're looking 20, 25 to one, 30 to one, maybe. So, Hey, props to the Celtics. Really That's a good win. It would have had a bit of really big payout. Dude. Pro, yeah. Probably 25, 30 ish ballpark. I would say for sure. At least. Um, so the remaining of the East, um, you know, obviously the Bulls winning game two, um, was pretty interesting, I thought. Um, and obviously, you know, Chris Middleton expected to miss three to four weeks with the MCL injury last I checked anyway. Um, that's, you know, that I think they can get by with this you know, series, but it is one of those things where you're like, hmm. But the response, I'll say, with Milwaukee, though, from that loss, to turn right around in 111.81 and 119.95, just dog walk them, basically. That, that, uh, that, that's pretty impressive. And your boy Grayson Agreed. Allen, your boy Grayson Allen has just been going nuts. I know he's not your boy. I know he plays for Duke. Um, but guys like him and Bobby Portis, uh, have been stepping up, no doubt, uh, you know, with the loss of their second-best player. Um, so, do, I mean, do you, let's just let's just be honest about the East right here. Although I'm looking forward to these semis, no doubt. Is that, I mean, it, Philly, Embiid, some issue on his shooting hand. Where we where where do we stand with that? Do you, do you think, because he said he's going to have surgery at the end of the year, you know, after the season. Um but what is anyone going to push this series to Game Seven? They're all at three to one. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of these will go seven. 
and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 you know, two out of the three or something get closed out in game five. Um, I, okay, I do think Boston ends tonight. Um, for Toronto and Philly, I mean, if we're going to talk about reputations people get. A lot of people love Nick Nurse. Like, he gets consistent. Like from what I hear in the media, as people say he's one of the best coaches in basketball. Okay, dude, well, you're, you're playing a team whose star is Hummus, thumb is hurting. Okay, I'm not saying it'll be a non-factor because the guy did score 20 last time, but he's not himself. And, you know, if, if you're going to get all the props you, you you get every year, you got to find a way to win. Like, you're basically playing a Philadelphia team who, if Embiid cannot score that well, you, you got to find a way to pull out a victory. And if you can win tonight, you go back home well, to your home fair, court. They did win game four. They, they did. Embiid they did. Started feeling it, right? And, 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 he, and he did hit a, a hell of a walk-off, too, you know. Um, I'm just thinking that for it, it, I would say Toronto is probably the trendiest pick out of every underdog in the whole NBA playoffs to to win before the first game of the playoffs started. So it would be surprising for me to see them go out four one. Um, sure, I, I but you, you know, think they can push it to seven? Uh, I yeah, I do. I, I do because I think if 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 MB is just a bit off and you put together a hell of a performance, um, you have you have yourself a, a, a decent chance. And if you win tonight, Toronto, we the North goes crazy on Game Six. You go back and lose in seven. I, I do think that one has the best chance because I think Miami, they got too many vets on that team. They're not going to want to waste time. And I mean, who obviously Atlanta doesn't want to not show up, but. Um, the the way that Miami has really controlled Trey Young and shut him down and made his numbers look really bad, I think that series gets wrapped up pretty shortly. So yeah, I think Miami in five, Celtics in four, and I and I think I'll I'll, I'll go a little bit off off the cuff here or cuff and say I think Raptors lose in seven. That Embiid injury. Did you originally pick Toronto in six? Yes. Yeah, that that one that that one that one backfired for sure. Um, but hey, to give MB well, no, credit, I mean, that, that's that, that spin around a spin around jumper that was a, a hell of a shot for a, pretty much a, a big to hit that with like seven tenths of a second left and switched it too. So that was holy shit. That, that was that was nice. Um, I do know that uh, Van Fleet, I believe, is injured and may not play, but he hasn't yeah. quite been his regular self. Like I know in Game Three, he was in a bit of a, a funk. Game four, before he got hurt, he wasn't doing a whole lot. So, I mean, obviously that, that hurts him. It doesn't benefit them by any means. But, yeah, I, yeah, I think the Raptors find a way to win tonight. Hopefully, if Embiid's not 100%, and they maybe drag this one out a little bit, my friend. And I think uh, I think uh, um, Brooklyn will win a game okay. here. Tonight. And then I also – but I don't think – I think Philly will close it out. Um, I think everybody else is going to close it out. Or at least not go game seven. Sure. I don't sure think we'll have seven games, uh, you know, seven games there. And obviously we have to mention Lowry too, who's got a hamstring, um, that they're, they're going to be careful with. They, I remember them saying, and, and Jimmy Butler, you know, a lot of people don't like him, but I mean, this fucking guy has been outstanding. I mean, he had that 45 point game or whatever, mm-hmm. just had a, a 36 point game. Um, and just like last week, we said how they're just kind of teetering along all nicely, and no one's really talking about them. But uh, they're definitely going to be a tough team, no doubt about it. All right, let's go. Well, let's start with the um, you know, the series that's pretty much feels like a runaway. They, you know, credit to Denver. Um, you know, for getting the dub. They had a tight game in Game Three. Um. And obviously they, they ended up separating themselves. They had a, a, a nice lead. It did look like, oh, here comes Golden State, but they did separate it just enough down the end to get it done, 126-121. Um, obviously you're a big Golden State fan. And by the way, just to reiterate, you know, he was that when in a long time ago, before any kind of, you know, Steph Curry was even on the team. I can vouch for that. Um I mean, you know, is this is this one over game five because it feels like it? And, and where do you you know how do you 
how do you feel uh, going in more than likely, you know, uh, to the second round right now with uh, Curry looking good off of that injury? There was some, you know, you, you never know until he actually gets on the court. Um, and, you know, they've been bringing him off the bench, but he's been playing big minutes anyway. How do you feel about your uh, Golden State Warriors? And do not bring up the lineup of death just yet, okay? Let's let a, let's let, let them win a championship with that lineup before we start to compare it to the other lineup. And there is a certain guy in that lineup that would make it better. But let's talk about yeah, um, I, I was a, I became a Warriors fan in '07 when Baron Davis upset the Mavs, and I've been a fan since then. So after that upset, they were they were pretty bad for a couple of years. People forget when Curry started on Golden State, they were a team that was like bottom three in the West for a, a good chunk of years. They had ankle issues and all that crap. So not not a bad wagon jumper. Um, well, hold on. In this circumstance, in, in this yes, for my yes, for in this yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. Um, all right. So for this series, um, I've, I I didn't watch as much regular season basketball this year just because work was busy and normal. I, I normally don't watch a whole lot of regular season ball to start with anyways, but come play out. Let's I'm not talk about in. how much basketball you let's, let's get to this. No, but I'm, I'm saying that because I hadn't seen Poole play that much. I will say that the media was speaking up on him all year. Like, hey, this guy's – chance win improved player of the year. Like he, he could be most improved. And I was like, well, shit, okay. The guy, the kid must be having a hell of a year. And now we're talking about how he, again, we'll see who wins it. But um, dude, when you're dropping 30, uh, 30 in a row, a couple of games in the playoffs or 30 and 28, like, okay. And that we're talking about matchups with the way the Celtics have guarded the nets. It's gotta be hard to play defense on a team now who has Steph, Clay, Draymond and Poole. Oh, I realize that they're maybe not all going to crash the boards and pound you as bigs, but you now got three guys who can shoot the three pretty consistently. And I'm not saying that Poole's in the Curry and Clay category, but he's shooting it pretty well. That's a whole different dichotomy of a team to defend. And Draymond, even though he's, you know, undersized for a true big, has, has done pretty good in the series against Jokic. They've kind of taken turns on the guy, but hey, this is a team that is showing promise that Golden State hasn't shown for a couple of years with injuries to Clay and whatnot, but. It's encouraging, but again, this is also just first-round series. So Poole, I think if he can continue to grow and emerge in the playoffs, all of a sudden you have a pretty scary-looking team because how the hell do you guard the perimeter for three guys that can shoot with guys like Draymond and Iguodala who are kind of the craftier vets just to you know move the ball around and, and get the buckets when they can. And you got poor Andrew Wiggins who can probably shoot open shots for the whole rest of the playoffs because no one's you can't focus on him because the balls are moving around. So, um. I, it's encouraging. I think they took care of business. Um, they, and to give, speaking of other matchups, poor Jokic, like if this series was Michael Porter Jr. and Murray, it's probably a whole different game. Not saying that Golden State wouldn't necessarily be up three to one, but a lot of these games would be a lot closer. And if you're a Denver fan, you probably would have gotten that series having some. Starting. <laughs> I, I, they're, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Um, so again, uh, just, it, it's encouraging. Um, seeing Pool emerge is fun. Um, I, I do think they close out in game five at home. Um, I, there's something to be said, and I don't know if we touched on it, uh, hit on it on our uh, last week's playoff podcast, but that whole thing of role player, role players play better at home is so true. Yeah. I mean, you, it, it's, it's a hundred percent true. And, it's all in the last Wolves game, actually. Uh, well, and that Bones, Bones Heilman for yep, Denver. that's a great example. He's, I mean, he's out there just going nuts, dude. He's dude, ready to he's, go, dude. He, he's looking like Curry. And it's like, you know, but again, a, whole, a, a role player, the whole crowd gets going, like, yeah. special. It'll be hard for him to replicate that. And that's the tough part for Jokic, who's had a great series because no one on our team really can guard him. I think, again, Draymond does okay, but. He has been their main guy. Like, okay, Jokic dropped 30 on us. Cool, dropped 35. Okay, but who else on the team is going to make us pay for it? And that's actually really have not had. Again, I'm I'm thankful as a fan uh, Yeah, that Murray isn't out there because Murray in a playoff game, he, that dude seems to drop 40 every playoff game for the last couple of years when he's healthy. So um, I, do think biz, I do think Golden State wraps it up. I know it's not called the Oracle anymore, but I call it the Oracle out of respect. We'll close it up. Hopefully some blue-collar fans from Oakland can sneak in. Um, I think that one's done in five, my friend. Yeah, so do I. Um, 
So we talked about the Mavs in Utah heading in to this series, and you know, the the main focus here. Well, obviously, when was Luca going to come back? That's the main focus. But the other focus was, what the hell's going on with these Utah Jazz? Like, what? It, they just, it just, especially this year, it just has looked so strange on the court, and. The blend just doesn't feel right. And they come out, and I'm not going to say it was like a, a buzzer beater, but they, they didn't look too great in game one. You know what I mean? Without No. Um, they got it done on the road, but still, they didn't look good doing it. And then they turn right around um, and get beat back-to-back with no fucking Luka. And it's just like – what is going on with this fucking team? Like, I just, it's crazy, man. So that's just basketball strange. And, and we talked about this off air before we started recording. But then, of course, when Luca comes back, then they get the dub. You know, it's it's it's, it's really funky how that happened. Hundred to to ninety nine at that. But um, it's all tied two two. And basketball can just be weird. Sometimes you you miss your star, and for a, a game or two, sometimes it just one game, sometimes it's a game or two. You can do some stuff and run some stuff that you just didn't realize fully that a couple players were capable of because obviously the game plan is going to change. You could also move the ball more too because Luca does, you know, control the ball so much when he's out there. So you do get a little bit different vibe when this happens, especially like I said, when you got a, a guy like Luca who has the ball in his hand a lot, but obviously he does spread the ball. I'm not trying to say that because he passes the ball a lot, but um, it's just, it's crazy, dude. But here we are, 2-2, um, and I, I, it, it just feels like, you know, I would put a fair amount of money that Dallas is going to win game five. Um, could Utah, you know, do pretty good at home and win? Sure. But I, I just don't see them winning this series, man. I just – I think I've seen enough. And even if it goes game seven, because um, Luka looked pretty good, you know, coming back, and he's only going to get better more than likely now. So, um, yeah, it's just – those first three games, it's just amazing how bad they played. Even in that, that win, like I said, it's just uh, – it's really we're, – we're kind of seeing the last of this group, it feels like. Yeah, the thing about Luke, and it is weird, um, but I, I was talking to, again, my boys about this in class, and I heard on my, my Vegas radio station morning, too, and I'm going to preface this so you don't, you know, uh, hold hold this comment on me for all year. He's not is the fact that, nah, oh, he, he cries a lot. I, I don't know his social media. I'm, I don't know if he's an elf or not. He's young. And he leads the league hold in Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's a right. crybaby to the to the refs, but he's, he's an alpha on the oh, game. I, I, I never said he was an alpha. I, I, you I, said I you said, didn't know if he was. I don't know, but well, the dude, you the dude, I don't know about his social media stuff off the court, but he he does need to work on his text. He's because he last year he led the league, and I don't know where he was this year, but he he's got some maturity to do on that. He needs to stay in shape too. With that yeah. alpha on the court. Um. So, but the ball moved better without him in the first three games of the series. Now, does that mean that Dallas is a better team with Luke off the court? No. But did the Jazz play better team defense with him on the court their last game? Yeah. Like, with Luke on the court, it kind of, it gives you kind of that James Harden effect of he's going to have the ball in his hands for a lot of the possession. Now, he will make a, a ton of great plays and make a lot of great passes, but the ball movement of game, especially games two and three, was not there with Luka. So it, it does kind of make you ponder of, like, obviously you want the guy there. He's getting paid a ton. He's probably a top ten player in basketball. The ball movement but, was there with without Luka. Not, yeah, it's just they, they were hitting they were hitting a bunch of really corner open threes because no one on the Jazz could guard Brunson. And again, when Luca came back, again, you can't you can't ever say that he makes the team worse. But it's like their offensive no, saying, the ball their offensive it, it game plan, the offensive game plan really wasn't as effective. And I'm sure Jason Kidd will figure it out this game. 
And again, you, you can't tell me if the game's on the line, you don't want that Luca taking a shot because he's probably going to hit him. He's hit a lot of clutch playoff shots, even against the Clippers alone. So it will just be, I'll be curious to see if can they can play a little more up-tempo. But now in fairness, how they got the seed they did was because they the Mavs played the slowest pace in the NBA this whole season. So what what chess, yeah. What chess pieces will be moved to who and where and how Are will you that making play dinner out? or not? Uh, no, I just, okay, uh, just make someone, sure. yeah. Um <laughs> so I, I'm just very very be very curious to see. Uh I think I'm with you. I think the Mavs won the series, I think they win tonight. But um I think if you're a Mavs fan, you wanna see that kick to the side core, kick to the side core, which was there for the whole series. Uh, with have like Maxi Kleber and uh, uh, Bortons like hidden threes left and right, and Brunson doing his own thing. So yeah, um, I don't. Know. And if you're Utah, y- you're able to pull out a win. Like it's you know you're back in the series now, even though they the refs missed like an elbow on Mitchell that probably would have ended the it would have made it three to one, but the uh, a call was missed. They got the little Elliot to go bear. Dwight Powell missed those free throws. So if you're Utah, man. You've looked pretty miserable the whole series. It is two to two. Um, maybe you can find a way to, I mean, get the band back together. I mean, it's it 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 hasn't been a fluid series. But then the day, Chris, it's two to two. You've not played your best. Maybe you find a way to flick the switch. Now I'm not sure. I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. Do you think that's going to who do you oh, got winning oh, the series? Um, I I'll I'll, I'll be taking. Uh, Mavs and six. I think that they, the offense hums a little bit more, and that Jazz team again. They've, they've shown too many. There's been too many first point, first quarters of this series where the Jazz have like 13 points in 10 minutes. Where you're like, dude, this, this offense used to be like really just fun to watch, and now they're struggling to hit 20 points in the first 10 minutes of the game. So I'll take Mavs and six. Okay, so here's a couple of uh, points uh, to. Sure. Go with what you're saying. Um, this is from Stat Muse. The Jazz allowed, and this is before their last game, just to continue what you're talking about with no book up into the ball movement. The Jazz have allowed 121 three-point attempts versus the Mavs. 109 of them were considered open. Jesus. Uh, more than 62. More than half, 62 of them were wide open. Um, so that's part of that, right? Oh, and really? then – we owe an apology, especially the blasphemous that my co-host said about Brunson. <laughs> but I didn't stop. I didn't stop. I said he's good, but I wasn't sitting there saying, this guy, I wasn't saying he's, you know, he he's the elf or nothing like that. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I can't sit there and say I'm not responsible for some of this too. But going into, I think it was after three games, he had made, out of everybody in the playoffs, he'd made 36 buckets. Um, in a two-game stretch, this is Tim McBannon, um, he had 70 – in two games, he had 72 points with just one turnover in two games, right? And if you look at it, you back it up all the way to 78, right? He's tied with Michael Jordan for that stat. Carl Malone and Michael Red were 73, uh, 74 points with only two turnovers, LeBron, and then Jamal Murray did a, a streak of 92 points with uh, with only one turnover in two point or in two games like that. So that's pretty crazy. But we owe an apology, um, you know, to that man Brunson because he has been out of his mind. Here's another stat by Stat News that kind of blew me away too. Um, before today, which is the last game, the Mavs were 42 and 0 when they outshot their opponents in field goal percentage 42 and 0 that tells me they're a pretty damn good defensive team <laughs> I mean yes. that's freaking crazy um so wow all right um moving on and we will move on so now we talked about injuries and how they can just you know pop up on you well, it's happening to the Suns as we speak. Um, we know that Booker in the last few years, especially his last two years, has just been a dynamite player. 
than a top tier player. Dare I say alpha. Um, <laughs> um, and he had like 31 and a half in the, in the game he got hurt. But uh, he's hurt. And, you know, they, they don't know exactly when he's coming back. It's a hamstring, you know. It's kind of like a hamstring, you know, with a, with a wide receiver, a skill position in the NFL. You're like, oh, you really extra need that. Um, mm-hmm. It could be up to three weeks. You know, we just don't know exactly where we stand there. But we do know where this series stands, 2-2. And I was speaking off air that New Orleans, uh, just relating it to my Timberwolves, uh, it was already because they have so many bigs and long, linky dudes, uh, they can get offensive, uh, you know, offensive boards on us all day. And it's just, it's not a great matchup for the Timberwolves, just, you know, in the future here. Uh, but then they went out and got McClellan. So it's like, oh, wow. Okay, damn, they really did that, and we're not even mentioning Zion, whatever happens there, but um, here we are, 2-2. Obviously, the Suns have the home court because they have home court for as long as they stay in the playoffs, Um, but we pretty much know for a fact, you know, that old boy's not coming back, you know. He's definitely not. Yes, not for this series. Right, so tomorrow night, Game five, at least Thursday game, um, game six, and then if needed, is this weekend. So we're going to get some clarity real quick. Obviously, all these, I think if the Memphis uh, in Timberwolves series goes, that's Sunday. I think that's the only Sunday game that will be game seven. Um, and you wonder if they'll just go 2.30 or whoever has that game, if they go 2.30 ABC uh, that day. Or if it's TNT and it's that night, I don't know. But anyway, I mean, this is crazy, dude. Like, credit to the defense played Ingram and the defense played in last night's ball game um, to get that win. That was a big, big win because the Pelicans won that game too. You know, 125 to 114. That's the uh, the injury. Uh, game and the Pelicans are playing great in that game, regardless. Um, but you got to feel like you know, especially at home, that they, the, the close of that game could have been different with Booker. And then they lose their their first game on the road to basically a Chris Paul game in the fourth quarter. But to their credit, they came right back, won that game for and shut Paul and a lot of these guys down. And here we are, two two, Marshall. I really thought with the way the Suns won game three, I thought game four would kind of just be inevitable. But yeah, to give them credit, um, this New Orleans team has shown a lot of fight. They And, I mean, they were a team that looked like they were going to kill the Clippers and were down massively and came back. And, like, they've just had their moments where, especially when Ingram gets going, he is one of the better scorers in the league when he gets in his rhythm just because he is so tall and so quick for his size. Um, and he's he can kind of just carry the team. And you have defenders in Alvarado and Herb Jones, who are two rookies who are playing tremendous defense. And obviously CJ McCollum has not maybe had some of the best box score games so far overall in the playoffs, but on a given night he can hit his shots too. So I think this is a kind of – I would say, Chris, kind of like the Hawks from last year, where you're a team where your expectations are probably dirt poor low, but you have a lot of young players, and, hell, they really don't. I mean, I guess their their true savvy vet is McCollum, but I think they're just kind of having fun and just rolling with it and proving people wrong. And when you got a couple of rookies who are doing their part and Ingram really kind of becoming their go-to scorer and yet that home crowd was going nuts yesterday. Like, I don't know. I, I think that they win again on their home court. And I do think they'll come up short game seven against the Suns because the Suns are more of a, a veteran sag team. And I don't think that they will fall to the Pelicans, but um, yeah, credit, credit to them. Again, they have a nucleus, um, I just, I'm, I, I guess I can say I'm just impressed. I, I really thought this would be heading back to Phoenix down three-one, even without Booker. You know, take care of business. But the Pelicans punched them in the mouth last night. I mean, they were up 15 points for like last six, seven minutes of that game. So that's yeah. hard to do against the Suns team, who 
even though Booker has pretty much the whole squad from last year, almost, or for the most part. Like, this is a, a flat mm-hmm. playoff sad veteran team. Uh, but for my last point, um, the Pelicans have ran really well. Um, uh, Monte Williams, the, the Suns coach, said that in game two, it was the worst transition defense he's ever seen the Suns play in his time there as a coach. And normally coaches don't make blanket statements about that that are so specific. But clearly for a coach to say it, like, dude, I, they, they, and I remember I watched the fourth quarter of that game and every time the Suns had a, a missed shot, that, that ball's moving down the court in a heartbeat. So, um, I think New, uh, New Orleans kind of found a rhythm and it is easier to get into a track meet, Chris, when there's a guy named Devin Booker who's not on the court that can go and attract me with you and drop, you know, 30 or 40. It's like, Hey, if you want to run, cool, but we got Booker and Chris Paul. Now it's, uh, we got Chris Paul who can run, but not as many other pieces. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It does make it different. You know, both of them shot poorly from three. I think that's something that will turn around for Phoenix in the next couple of games or just down the stretch. The biggest difference of that game, I mean, you could say rebounding, right? Obviously, I mean, they out-rebounded them. But also free throws, 15 attempts. Uh, compared to 42, that's a huge discrepancy. Um, and they made – now, they didn't shoot a great percentage, 32 of 42 for 76%. But still, that that that's saying a whole lot. But I'm with you. I actually think it will go seven now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm right there with you. But I do think uh, Phoenix will close it out. Um, and, I, yeah, I just can't say enough about that bounce back because I was right there with you. I was thinking, man. You know, this is just going to happen. Like, it'll be 3-1. And then you start to go, okay, 3-1, game five at home. Yeah, this series is probably over. Um, Now, credit to, like I said, shutting down Paul in game four. Game three, though, I mean, there's just all sorts of stats with this guy that's just silly. It's just just silly. There's the most assists in a two-game stretch without a turnover, 28. Uh, the last guy to even come close was Stockton in 2001. He had 20. Um, and then this, this – well, another stat with him, Chris Paul has now lost 14 straight playoff games officiated by Scott Foster, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting That is stat. insane. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then another one, Stat Muse, uh, players with 14 assists and no turnovers in a playoff game in the last 20 seasons, right? So you got 14 assists, no turnovers, last 20 seasons. Um, Rondo did it in 2009. The other four times that were done, all Chris Paul. 2008, 2014, last year, and then this year. Um, so just trying to, um, you know, give my yearly, hey, Chris Paul is a bad motherfucker, but don't you forget it just because he can't move the way he used to. He used to dunk on dudes, okay? Calm down. Anyway, yeah, I'm there, though. I do like this. Uh, I don't like them, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, because they're a threat to my Timberwolves, but I like them, if that makes sense. Speaking of officials, yeah, I mean, Jesus it's funny Christ. because it's funny that it, he was okay, the, the Memphis coach, with the first game when they had 15 more than us. He was okay. He was okay with it. It's kind of weird, too. Um. But the whole series, basically, um, but especially three out of the four games, it's just like, like 20 fouls in the first quarter. <laughs> quarter! Like, there was 33 free throws, no, 20 free throws in the first half in one of the games. Or, no, was that 33 fouls in the first quarter? And 20 on the free throw, something like that. I, I, there's so many numbers with this stuff. I can't even keep up with it. I'll be honest with you. But they are really wanting, especially this series. But if you look at overall, I read a, a really good article that broke down a couple other series and it was like, holy shit, dude. So basically right now, everybody has James Harden from a couple years on their team. That's what it feels like, right? Because he drew all those falls. So basically, the baseline right now, Marshall, stat-wise, is about Harden <laughs> from a couple years ago. 
which is crazy because we all thought this dude's effective, this dude, you know. But now you're like, well, not all these teams have Harden on their team that are doing the same exact thing. It's completely a different vibe. But th- this is one of the series that they've played such a major part in this. And why I say that is because John Morant got to the line 20 times in the first game. They didn't win it, but, you know, and it was like 40 to 25 overall or something like that. Um, so it's been a mess, dude. But it's a mess both ways to sit there and all of a sudden be like, oh, oh man, Memphis got screwed in, in game four. Now, this whole series has been messed up there. But it has been a fun-ass series once the ball gets on the court and we're not reviewing shit. It's been a really all sorts of drama going on, whether it's physical play or obviously the game three major comeback. It's been nuts, and here we are 2-2. Really no surprise at the 2-2, though. No, I I just, like, I, I, I'm, I'm barely rooting for Memphis. I mean, I know you and some other friends of mine who are, like, Wolves fans. Like, I just kind of like Memphis because of um, I, I, one of their main guys, Chris Vernon, who's, like, one of their uh, TV people. And I, so I was listening. I was actually listening to his show on the way here, driving up to my place. And I figured he actually made a, a decent point, which correlates with the series, that he, he's obviously a pro-Memphis guy. But his point is the fact that the more the ball is stopped, the more it benefits the Wolves. So he wasn't bitching at the fact that fouls are being called one way or the other. His fact is that he thinks that when Memphis can run more, it benefits them as a team. And and the numbers he had with the certain guys and the, when they've had their certain laps out there, it's benefited them. But there's been no flow to the series almost from game one. I mean, that that last night's uh, or not last two nights ago that game it Chris it felt like I was watching like a. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, like Bedlam football game. Like that was the timing of it. But even so, like those with like Baker Mayfield are fun. It's like you can't go more than a minute without a foul. And, and I really, and I, again, I. I both these t- uh, teams, by the way, not to cut you off, fall like a motherfucker. So true. this is probably going to be the highest one, but this is over the top. Yeah, and what he had a stat. What so there's been 16 quarters in this series, obviously four games, 16 quarters, and there has been of the 16 quarters, I think there's been 10 quarters where there's been 15 free throws or more in in 10. I mean, so you're saying basically you're averaging 60 plus free throws a game. That it's just not that fun, and I, I do get you have to call some fouls. But I sure. mean, you know, and again, I Even think that some the, that have been reviewed are like, really, you're going to review that? Here's a point. Here's a case in point. Uh, I think it was game one or no, maybe game two. Um, D'Angelo comes over Jaws' shoulder and hits all ball first. He hit the ball first. Sure. Right? Then he hit his shoulder a little bit. That's clear path. It's like, well, hold on, dude. He hit the ball first. He didn't touch the guy yet. How is that clear path? But then when you look at the rules, you're like, okay, I understand what he's saying about the clear path, but then. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, then Jim Peterson said, well, if he, or not Peterson, uh, because he said it too, but I forgot who was on the line. But so if he would have made a layup and then he blocked him, would that have been a clear path then? You know, so like, it's kind of like, well, hold on. Why, Why is that getting reviewed? Like, he, 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 there was contact after he tapped the ball, but usually when it's ball first and then there's contact with, you know, it doesn't always get called if it's ball first. Cause that's a lot of times when you get a steal, you, there's a lot of contact sometimes, you know? Um, I mean, there's, you could, we could do a whole show on, on that. It, it's been ridiculous. It's too bad because, um, neither of these play, you know, the, their strengths are not half court, neither, either of these no. teams. And they've been grinding on defense, both of them, for the most part, or at least in waves anyway. Um, and they both like to get out and run, like you said. And, and Memphis, uh, on paper, is a better defensive team um, statistically. But in this series, I'm not sure if that's the exact case. But, yeah, dude, it, it's been a mess, man. 
and you wonder if they're gonna like all of a sudden they're they're only be you know nineteen and twenty four free throws you know to close out every game or something. Yeah, I guess just talking from an X's and O's standpoint, aside from the refs, looks like we kind of have to go together, really. And I hope we have no more people coming on the court or being distractions. Like, that's just so stupid. Like, let's just. I love it. 3-0 when it happens. So bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Timberwolves are 3-0 when that happens. So bring it on, man. Get get multiple people out there. Um, I don't know. I don't really don't know what's thing about the series. I think that, um, I, I mean, you know, you want to talk about star players, both teams got them. You want to talk about uh, teams having their runs, both teams have had their runs. Like that's what it is in the whole series. I, game it's on. just, it's I, it, it it has. I mean, game three was a two massive runs by the Grizzlies, and then game four, it wasn't quite. There wasn't like a twenty zero run or anything, but um, it was still uh, the, running it, though. It was just yeah, small it, yeah, it was just back, back and, forth. and forth, like. It's just the games have been so – it's just there's been no rhythm to them. But honestly, Chris, I don't know if that stops. I don't think the refs all of a sudden are going to swallow the whistles in the series. And, it, yes, like guys like Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Jaron Jackson, like they do foul, like yeah. better than – worse than they should, however you They're want to phrase five. that. Yeah. So – but from an excellent I, – I still think that Memphis has the home court that helps. Um. From a, a, a veteran standpoint, I mean, it's it's a pretty close to being even. Like, you got, you got Bev. I mean, you know, Memphis is a young team, too, so I don't know if there's necessarily a, a huge advantage with players on one side or the other. I know that Memphis did play the Jazz last year and won a game. Um, from a coaching standpoint, I think there's been a couple of moments where I've kind of shook my head and kind of wondered about what Finch was doing, whether it was, you know, like really going against all the – conventional rules about, you know, letting guys play with three or four fouls in the first half they did in that Clippers game, or when they did go on that 21-0 run, not calling a timeout, I thought that was idiotic. Yeah, he you owned know, up I, to that it, one, too. Yep. Yeah, that's so, the biggest mistake. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's, you know. Not to he, say it would have stopped it for sure, but you just well, do it. Sure. You do it, you know. Yeah, and so he's had a couple of moments, but, you know, as a new coach, and, you know, Taylor Jenkins on Memphis, like, you know, he – like you said, you know, you even said like the refs were pissed me off last game, but also from my point as a coach, I need to, you know, do, I need to reflect to myself as well. So Chris, I, I guess I'm running around in circles about this because well, I really Clark, don't. The obvious ones, why aren't you putting Clark in the game? Why would you start Tillman over Clark? If you're going to switch up the lineup, which I get switching up the lineup, Clark is killing us in a lot of these games. Well, I, I heard that, you know, I think that they thought that, um, Tillman was the best answer for Towns. He got I, two I, fouls I know that in ninety was, seconds. Well, I, I know and that was the right game, that was so. the right thing to pull in game two. But yeah, I and well, I think every, every, uh, Memphis actually played all twelve players in their last game, the first quarter, because <laughs> all their starts had two fouls. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I every time I do see Brandon Clark, he appears to be doing something pretty good. Yeah, uh, honestly, I, I don't know what prediction to make. I do think this series is still a a coin flip, and I do think that if if Memphis has like the starting five on the court that they want, like it, it, I believe it was it was Jaron Jaw, like Dylan Clark, and someone else, and they were like a like their NBA their offensive range defense range was like a plus almost forty, like for. The short amount of time that Memphis has had a certain five on the court, they've dominated the series. But, but that's for certain, starters, that, we've that's dominated certain, the series. Yeah. If you look but at that's, the starting units, we've dominated the, the Timberwolves dominated the series. But yeah, and well also that certain five that was referenced, um, they've barely been able to stay on the court. Yep. Because they, they they get in foul trouble. So it is cool to say, hey man, Memphis has got an advantage when the certain guys are on the court, but the way these refs have been calling the series, and you know that when a coach calls out the refs that, you know, he got fined 15K and that won't really affect him, but it's not like he's going to get better calls. I just, I mean, the, the numbers are so staggering. Unless Chris, you're respected, you know, unless you're yeah. Phil Jackson or something, then you would, sure. but yeah, for sure. So, I'll tell you what, the last two games, the Wolves have said, you're going to be a passer, John Moran. John Moran. You are going to pass. It is credit. You know, he's trying to get – he had 15 assists this last game. The other game he had a triple-double. He struggled, you know, majorly. But, 
you know, Baines come through. Clark's oh. come through. Um, yeah, Baines put out a show. <laughs> well, especially in that last game. Yeah. Um, but Brooks has too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's been a, when he's been able to be there, and that's another thing, he's been on D'Angelo the whole series, but D'Angelo's good at drawing falls, um, especially right by the bonus. Something like Chris Paul does all the time, that rip through, you know, like, oh, you need to fall, we'll be in the bonus, all right, rip through. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, they play, the, the key there is they've, uh, you know, they, they did such a good job of just trying to corral Morant into passing the ball. And then, um, the other side of it, you know, uh, um, Towns, I mean, from that game three, first of all, that, I thought game two was worse. I think that people are kind of just looking at the amount of shots he took. Um, what made game three bad is he, the foul problems he had. Because uh, at the nine minute mark, he, he followed out, or he got his fifth foul. So during that run, he couldn't be in the game. So that hurt us the most. But he was, I mean, he was, when the double came right away, or it's already on him a lot of times he gets the ball. He moved the ball. He got had a bunch of hockey assists. Had like five blocks. Was really I thought the fourth quarter is when he would start to shoot more threes and and do more stuff. But that's where the problem was. I thought game two was way worse. But either way, to the the amount of criticism he got to to bounce back and have you know one of the better games uh, period uh, in the playoffs like all purpose, not just. Uh, the points. Um, he really, I mean, he drew 18 fouls on people. Yeah. He went to the line 17 times. Like, I mean, but it was okay when Jaw went to the line 20 times. Nobody was saying anything. It was only that now all of a sudden it's bad uh, when Cat did it. But um, the response there was huge. As a team, I really thought they were, were, were kind of cooked uh, after that game three debacle. Yeah, I, well, I, I think, how's it, you, you say the last little bit, and then uh, you said you're still sticking with Memphis, right? So you, you can, yeah, you know. I just God, I don't. This has been so unpredictable. Um, I think Memphis wins this in seven at home. I, I think that both teams have hike have showcased the skills they have and the fun teams these are. I think that there's a chance they can maybe meet again in the playoffs. Hopefully, like this, this is a a, a fun series to enjoy. Maybe it could be a rivalry starting. Um. I just, I, I'm picking, man. I literally, I could flip the corner now. Like, out of all the picks I made on this show today, this would be my least confident one, just because I, I do think that the refs have really made a stamp on their series. And I'm not even saying that this is pro-Memphis or pro-Minnesota. It just, it's really slowed down the rhythm of the game, and it's sometimes well, we're it number benefits. number one in pace, so I mean... I don't know how that doesn't benefit you know them only here us only. Well, I, I just I it, again I I just kind of want to just see more f- like free free like flowing basketball like let's just maybe swallow yeah. a couple of calls like let's just let the guys decide a little bit more than just having a free throw contest you know I, but it's just like they said that the second half. Was eight, it took 82 minutes of actual time for like the 24 minutes. It's just like, man, that's, that's just a long game. So, um, I think the one thing that for, from Memphis standpoint to wrap this up is, man, they're, when, when they got to play half court offense, it a lot of times really comes down to Jaw or Dylan doing some like running full speed, boring in layup. Awesome. And that really. Order. Like, yeah, and, Brooks and will that, do some floater. You're like, yeah, we can't stop that fucking thing. But, but then part of the time, it's just crazy out of control, too. You know, like that, that Memphis offense, when they're not running and Bain is not busting threes, like he's freaking, I don't know, Reggie Miller from back in the day. Like, the, the, the Memphis wants to run as bad as the Wolves do. So, hell, if you have the top two teams who pace in the NBA, like, right. well, let's That's see a game saying. where it's like a 145 to 140. Like, that'd be awesome. But, you know, and, and, hell, we're getting a high-scoring game because of all the fouls. So, I don't know. I just – let's let's avoid people arrested on the court. Let's avoid having – No, 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 no. No. <laughs> I'll fight that to my death. The Timberwolves are 3-0 and when there's a protest. Please. Protest. Please. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Memphis in seven. But I would not wager on that. And again, who, who's going to make more plays? Jaw and company or Ant 
Ant uh, and uh, uh, I guess Cat slash Russell. It, you know, I, I just I just from phrasing it that way, I feel that more Minnesota players have had overall better series than the collectively Memphis players have. So maybe in a way that's I'm saying from X's own standpoint, I think Minnesota could pull this off. Yeah, and you know, we go back to the argument it could be three one and all that, but that's coulda shoulda sure. mm-hmm. coulda shoulda won. All right, why don't you take us out of here, sir? Well, on that note, again, um tonight you have the Philadelphia series which closes out, then you got Brooklyn and Boston. Who knows? Maybe K D does drop forty five tonight. Who knows? And then um you finish with Jazz and Luca, which that God, that one will be interesting. Can the Mavs adjust just a little bit? Because I think, Chris, it's just a little bit of adjustment, and this thing's a wrap. I, I, that, that Jazz team is holding on on their last heartbeats. So we'll be back next week, uh, more than likely previewing a couple of second-round series, and maybe we'll have a couple of uh, Game 7s to talk about. It would be fun to have two Game 7s. I'm not sure where we're going to get them, but it would be really enjoyable to have that for first round of playoffs. So until then, thanks for the listening, as always. The boys are out on this Monday. Peace.